enjoyed being able to be with you and we felt the Holy Spirit come inside our little room here. Here we are in Washington State, just being uh, alone with you and uh, we're just thankful that the Lord Jesus would come into your place and make his abode in your life tonight as we enjoy this Wednesday night service together. I want to bring greetings tonight from Brother Busabozi in Uganda. We just had a wonderful privilege to be able to speak uh, this morning uh, for them. It was their Wednesday night service, but we were able to uh, speak to them in Uganda, and there was about eight different countries represented, and I brought greetings from the church, from the ministry, and uh, we just are thankful to the Lord Jesus that he's made these things possible and uh, that we're able to come in these times. And I want to bring you greetings from Uganda, from Ethiopia, from Kenya, from Zimbabwe, from South Africa, from New Zealand and uh, Canada, United States, many places that we're connected this morning. So tonight, if there's uh, any uh, technical issues, just please have patience with us. And you might have to refresh. You might have to... Uh, Come back online, but we just pray the Lord would have his way. And we just want to be thankful to the brothers and thankful to those that have made this possible for us to gather like this. And and uh, we just want to welcome the Holy Spirit. We want to welcome the presence of God. Just calm ourselves and gather our families around and want to welcome the Lord and welcome his presence in these times that. difficulties or issues, just please refresh and uh, have patience with us as, uh, and make believers and unbelievers. And he talked about how that we look into the mirror of God's word. And in other ages, we see how these groups of three, how that we can be identified. And people wonder uh, what group they would have been identified with in Bible days or during the ages. We wonder what we would be like in China tonight or in another difficult time or another time of adversity. When Brother Branham awakened my heart to this was when he was speaking about your present state right now proves to you what group you would have been in back there. So we begin to see when Jesus made the statements that was hard to believe or hard to receive. We wonder what we would have done back there. We wonder what we would have done in Noah's day. We wonder what we would have done in Moses' day. Brother Branham said it's the same today, that we're in one of those classes, either believers or make-believers or unbelievers. And he said, in your present state right now, just want to read this before we read the scripture. In your present state right now, 
the present state of mind that you are here in this visible audience or you that will be in the invisible audience of this tape, your present state of mind after listening to this tape proves to you what class you're in and it tells you exactly where you are. And I begin to think about that tonight and as we're fellowshipping about around the word of God, our present state of mind and our present believing, we are believers and we know that there's make believers and unbelievers, but tonight we're speaking to believers. We really want to anchor down now as our brother Mike Gagne sang the special and we just want to anchor in that we are believers. We're making ourselves ready. We're not unbelievers that's just going to walk out. We're not make-believers that's wanting to turn it off and not listen to things. But we're just hanging right into every word. And, and we're not just hanging on and hanging around trying to find some fault. But God has brought believers that are real loyal and standing, obeying the word of God. And I wonder tonight, um, with that in our hearts, if we can just stand to our feet. We'd like to read a verse of scripture in Genesis chapter 18. Together, Genesis chapter 18, verse 16. And we just want to be able to relax in the presence of God tonight and bring our children together, bring our families around. If you're all alone, just uh, be, be a certain tonight that you're not alone. The Lord Jesus is with you. And we just want to speak to you again from our hearts on this Wednesday night service. And just let the Lord permeate down into the heart of every soul, every spirit, every person that they would feel the presence of God. That Brother Michael Ray, as you just led us in worship and Sister Joanne and Brother Benjamin and Brother Orrin and Brother Louise and uh, uh, Brother Gendo begin to play the instruments. We just felt the presence of God come into our room. And as we turn to Genesis 18, but I wonder if we could just pray again together, lifting up our hearts, lifting up our hands. Just say, Lord, minister to us, Lord, in these unusual situations, in these unusual times. Come, Lord, to us. Just come near. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're standing in your presence tonight, holding within our hearts and our bosom the precious word of God praising you, thanking you for these promises, for the word of God is ever true, coming down to change our lives and take us to higher ground, moving us beyond the music, moving us beyond the clapping of the hands, moving us beyond this current global pandemic, moving us beyond just our living rooms, moving us just beyond what we see with our eyes, Lord, we're looking to the unseen. We're remembering our brother, uh, brothers and sisters in China tonight. We're remembering their needs, Lord, those that are in bonds, those that are in prison, those around that maybe have their hands lifted, unspoken requests. Maybe there's needs in families. Would you just come by our way and minister? Minister Jesus in a very sovereign way, in a personal way. We give you this service in our lives tonight. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Let's read in Genesis chapter 18, starting at verse 16. You might remember as the three came to speak to Abraham, two of them were like the modern Billy Graham, 
and our Robert. And then the one that stayed with Abraham, Melchizedek. There was just something different about that one. Let's just pick it up in verse 16. Genesis 18, verse 16. And the men rose up from hence and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. I want you to watch the next verse. Because this is the Lord, what he says about Abraham. For I know him. For I know him. Little bride tonight, God knows you. The Lord is speaking, I know Abraham. That he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord. And they shall keep the way of the Lord. To do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And the Lord said because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. And because their sin is very grievous. I will go down now. Watch you speaking. This is capital Lord, L-O-R-D. I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Lord, we're standing in your presence tonight. This great Melchizedek, this one that knows all of us, he's standing in the midst of our lives tonight. God bless you. You can have your seats. I just welcome you to have your seats. And tonight we just want to speak from the word of God and speak to your hearts again on the prepared rapturing family. The prepared rapturing family. And as we just settle into the word tonight, just let your heart be open. In just a couple minutes, I want to give you a couple testimonies. Some things that have happened even in the last week. Some things that will encourage you and give you testimony that our Lord Jesus is alive. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I just want to take this time tonight to encourage your heart on the prepared rapturing family. Taking it out of Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. Just look at these words again. If the brothers could just show that on the screen. I don't know if it's possible. Genesis 18, verse 19. The Lord speaking about Abraham. For I know him. I know him. Remember Jesus talked about a a people in this generation that would come to him at that day. And say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done all these mighty works? And haven't we cast out the the demons and healed the sick and raised the dead? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. But just watch this relationship uh, between Christ now, between God and Abraham. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after them. After him, it speaks of a household as the family. And they shall know, they shall keep the way of the Lord. 
Tonight we're burdened for the family. We're speaking about a prepared rapturing family because that is what the Lord is doing. He's preparing us and preparations have been made. According to Revelations 19 verse 7, let us be glad and let us rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife hath made herself ready. Tonight as we consider these preparations and making ourselves ready for this great rapture, I want you to think of the rapturing as being an ascending. Our families are ascending. That's what rapturing is. We're going up. We're not sliding back. We're not going back. Many are being caught up in the world and caught up in, you know, these global diseases or the economics or what the news. But the bride is now being prepared, making ourselves ready for the going away. There's a rapturing. We're not going back, but we're being caught up. And when we speak about the family, I'm speaking about the Lord's family. Because many would maybe feel like they're alone or maybe they're the only believer in their family. Or maybe there's not everyone is uh, believers as they would be in their family. Or maybe there's a, a man or a woman or a young or old person that they don't have a family unit. So tonight I'm speaking about the Lord's family, the bride of Christ. It's a worldwide body. It's a many-membered body that we're connected with. We're being prepared together. What God is speaking and the sons of God that are led by the Spirit and daughters of God are led by the Spirit. What is happening to you as an individual is happening to every other individual in the body. Life is flowing through the body. Healing is flowing through the body. No matter how many disappointments, no matter how many heartaches, no matter how many things that a family would go through, God is preparing us. He's taking us away. Now, in speaking about the family, in Questions and Answers 1964, there was, I just want to speak about the family for a few minutes. And there was a prayer line at the end of the service. This is Questions and Answers 1964 in August. But there was a person that came in the prayer line that was very nervous. Brother Branham just began to speak to them and he said, everything's all right. It's just yourself. You're nervous. He said, you let one member of the family gets nervous and it goes to the next member and the next member. And the first thing you know, you're all fussing and going on. And one member of the family gets kind of upset about something and it upsets the other and the other and the other, and the first thing you know, the whole family is upset. He said it's Satan. So tonight I want you to know that Satan is on an attack against the family unit. The family unit is in crisis. Even globally, we see because of all these lockdowns and because of all the people staying at home. And I was thinking, Brother Tom, it's been exactly two months that we have been able to gather in a service at Cloverdale Bible Way. And I remember that Wednesday night. And it's been two months from March to April to May. And it just seemed like as the weeks go by, the months go by, something begins to happen in our families. And Brother Branham is talking about how Satan 
would try to come in and try to cause nervousness and get one member of the family upset. Then it goes to another, and they're nervous, and another member, and another member. Then the first thing you know, they're fussing and going on, and then somebody gets upset, and it upsets another, and then the other, and the other. Pretty soon everyone in the family is upset, and he said, that's Satan. And if one member of the family rejoices, let the rest of them rejoice with it. So every one of the family try to do that. Tonight, this is very good instruction as we speak about the family and how we are all preparing, even on a Wednesday night with our families gathered in our rooms and even with one or two or maybe there's five of you in a in a room. But you watch Satan get the family upset and get someone nervous. But I think tonight is also a time when one rejoices, we all rejoice. To hear Brother Michael give the announcement of, of Brother Anthony Frey and, and Sister Rosie Mormon that's going to be married just in a few weeks, going ahead with their plans. I just think that's wonderful. I think that's a great time to rejoice. I believe that's exactly what a young couple ought to be doing. If God has brought love and brought relationship. You know, I had someone the other day, uh, they're older than myself, so I was being respectful. But they texted me and they said, oh, I don't think no one should be married. No one should be married at this time. What do they have to be living for? And I never responded because that's actually contrary to the scripture. You know that we ought to be planting our potatoes. And if God has brought something upon your life and put love in a relationship, or if you're going to build a home, build a home. If you're building a church, go on and build the church. It just seems like Satan tries to come in and mess up the plans and try to cause upset. And I want to encourage you, even as we rejoice with Sister Christy DeSmith and her father, that there's times to rejoice, but we need to be mindful of Satan trying to come against our marriages, come in our children, even in the, in the message oneness in Jeffersonville. Brother Branham said any man and woman a correct, good, noble, obedient family is one with another. That word one, oneness. He said any family. And if there's something in the family that moves them apart, then it's not right. The family's broken somewhere. They should all be one. Father with mother. Mother with father. Children with the parent. Parent with the children. All in agreement. And when you see that, you'll see one lovely picture. Oh, we believe in oneness tonight. And, oh, even as the ministers have talked, this is a great time of strain. This is a great time when Satan would want to come into marriages. Come in the, amongst the children and a family. And this is the time to build up the family. This is the time to encourage the family. I begin to speak about this. Uh, begin to think about this in my mind that Brother Branham did not say that families would not have disagreements or go through hard times. That's not what he said. Even a week or two ago when we spoke about uh, when it rains, it pours. And one brother texted me the next day because it started raining in the natural. And he said, Brother John, you were talking about it raining and it's pouring. And sometimes it seems like that can happen in a family where things just seem to add up and kind of build up. And, and Satan wants to separate and divide. You know, friends, 
we, God has called us, the bride, to live a balanced life in a very unbalanced age. Is that true? It's so difficult to maintain a balance where you're not leaning to the right or leaning to the left. But when we consider the, the, the preparation of the family for the rapture, you know, politics is not balanced. There's not one of us, whether it's Canada, United States, some are streaming from Africa, China, over in Europe. Our, our political realm is not balanced. Everyone's fighting. Everyone's against. You know, economics is not balanced. One day it's going good. One month it's going good. And it just takes a few short weeks to find that then people are in trouble. People are losing their jobs. People are nervous. You know, science is not balanced. Or they're saying we're following science. Or we're following the data. Or we're, we're doing these things because of numbers. But even science is not balanced. And we find as we come through these times, it's only the word that is balanced. It's only the Holy Spirit in the individual's life that is lifting you higher, that will bring the balance to the believer's lives. Morals are not balanced. Churches have become unbalanced. Emotions are not balanced. One day you feel up and the next day you feel down. One day you're all happy and like on the top of the world and literally within minutes you can feel like you're down. What is that? It's Satan trying to come through our bodies, through our spirits, but let our souls be anchored tonight. It's, it's the word of God that brings a balance to the believer's lives. As God has made us up in our souls and our spirits and our bodies, it's a challenge to remain balanced. I can guarantee you one thing. The news is not balanced. It's always slanted here, slanted there with some agenda. You know, friends, and I was thinking of our families. I was thinking of what they're going through. I was thinking it almost like a rubber band that gets stretched and stretched. And, you know, in March and then April. And then are we going to be able to see one another? And here it's May. Is it going to be June? Is it going to be July? And, and you begin to wonder. You be, it just begins to put a strain as we are emotional creatures. Brother Branham talked about our families and the message influence. And he said, your families is what you are. You raise your child in a certain environment and it's got a 98% better chance to go right than it has to if you bring it up in the wrong way. Bring up a child in the way that it should go. And when it's old, it'll not depart from it. I begin to think of this great odds that the Holy Spirit has given us a promise for our loved ones, for our children, to bring a balance in our family. You know, even in the message, Christ is it, God who is rich in mercy, 1965. I'm just giving you some words that you can hang on to tonight. To put maybe a balance into our families, into our daily walk. He said, God is interested in everything you anticipate in. You know, some were graduating these in these next few weeks. Some were going to graduate. Some were going to, uh, from their career, they were moving to, an, and everything's been shaken. Things have been moved. Plans have been made. Vacation plans have been uh, switched around. Things can be up and down, and it can cause an upset. 
And people begin to wonder, does God care? Does God know? And to hear a prophet say, God is interested. God is interested in everything you anticipate in. Your walk of life. God is interested. God is interested in you. And you are his child. He is rich in mercy. And he wants to do it for you. What words that give us encouragement of of a home life crisis that we're living in right now. When it just seems like the home life is running out into shallow waters. where, Where you have fathers and heads of home and even mothers. Where it just seems to be like so much delinquency in the family. Then it's manifested and Satan has brought such a neglect. To the people of this generation, only the bride, only the elect is really going to get out of here with a balanced life. Now, coming to you tonight, I'll just move a little closer to you. Tonight, we could speak about many things. I'm speaking about the family. We could speak about the opening of the seals or the mysteries. We could talk about thunders or voices or rainbows. We could talk about swords or ages or candlesticks or pyramids. We could talk about capstones and have doctrines and charts. And we could talk maybe current events and plagues and pandemics and isolating and social distancing and all these essential services. But I begin to think in my mind and as some of the ministers we've been fellowshipping on, that it's time for us to move deeper than that. It's time for us to let the word of God come into the people's lives. Let it come to where they are and begin to minister strength, begin to minister help. I begin to wonder how all of these things, how does it relate to our families? Because we can talk about all of these doctrines and great deep things. But if we lose our children, if we lose our young ones, what kind of testimony or statement? Is that saying about the message? Oh, I think it's good tonight. We acknowledge and we recognize the great challenges that many of you are facing. Many in families, relationships and marriages are strained. And to try to raise godly, Holy Ghost filled lives in this present age is not easy. It's a strain. Even Brother Branham went through it in his own family with his son, Billy Paul, and he was smoking and And Brother Branham didn't even know his son was smoking as a 15-year-old teenager, 16 years old. And when he found out about it, he sent him on down to Texas to go to a Christian school and go to a place where the atmosphere could be right. We find even Brother Branham as a parent trying to raise Rebecca, his daughter, 16, 17, still not having the Holy Ghost. And we really wonder about that sometimes, raising our children. And I pray tonight God would give strength, that he would give courage, that he would give godly wisdom to our families, to you fathers, to your mothers, to your grandparents, and to the elders, that God would now cause our children now to get under this groaning, get under this burden, get under this effect of this great rapture that we're leaving this place. Friends, don't get caught up in some stimulus check to be your savior. Don't be caught up in some government official. My, I just thought it was amazing in the last week or so to hear the premier and to hear the health officials, 
you know, ask questions like, is it okay for you to hug your mother on Mother's Day? Is it okay to be together? And You know, since when does the premier or a health official or some government official telling you when you can do those type of things or when you can gather? But we realize now that we are living in another season. We are living in another time and our families need encouragement. I thought that I would maybe turn to the scripture now before we have a testimony. Can we turn to Job chapter 1 together? Then after this, I'd like to go into a testimony or two, something that would give encouragement to our families. I tell you, this is much better than some movie or some, uh, some program we could be watching with our children tonight. And I just pray, as, I just have a couple moments of a demonstration uh, before we end the service. So if your children can stay up and stay alert, I'd like to give a little demonstration, something I always wanted to do in the church, but I realized maybe tonight being a family in a midweek service, maybe something that could reach our children, our young people. But let's turn to Job chapter 1. As our time is moving along and we hear about Job in chapter 1, verse 1. Job was in the land of us. This man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. And verse 3 begins to speak about the substance in his house, his sheep, his camels, all the hundreds and thousands of his oxen and asses. And, and he had a great household. This was the greatest men of, of the east, the Bible says. In verse 4, the Bible says his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. Watch the family. In verse 5, and it was so when the days of their feasting was gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. My, wasn't he courageous? Wasn't he a father that was aware? He was conscious. He was making preparation. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. I want to look at verse 5 with you tonight. Because Brother Branham picks this up in the message, Perfect Faith. Because we would look at verse 5 and say, My Job, a strong father, a strong believer, he rose up early in the morning. He offered burnt sacrifices according to his seven sons and three daughters. Can you imagine the sacrifice? Because it was in the heart of Job that it may be that my sons have sinned, and curse God in their hearts. And Job did this continually. Now I want you to watch in the message Perfect Faith. Because Brother Branham speaks about this and what Job feared. Job had a fear. Perchance that my sons have sinned. Perchance that my daughters have cursed God in their hearts. And so what he feared, it actually happened. And what brought it, Brother Branham said, was his fear. And that's what made it happen. His faith would have kept him from it, but his fear brought it to him. He was scared, and it was going to happen.
about this fear that it brought it to him. What he feared came upon him. Faith and this confidence that Job had in God. And, and you would say, oh, he sacrificed and he gave, but it was actually a fear. What would happen to my sons? What would happen to my daughters? Thank God for a prophet that was looking for the bride, for the rapturing faith, for the rapturing group. And he said, little bride at the end time for your families. You're going to need more than just fear or questions. You're going to need that kind of faith, that rapturing faith, that rapturing strength that only comes from the word of God. I wonder if you can say amen. Thank you, Jesus, out there. So as we turn now further to Job, I want to look at the other. Brother talked about what Job feared came upon him. But Brother Branham talked about in another place because we could say, well, does that mean that a godly parent doesn't pray or doesn't prepare? No, just the opposite. Being a parent myself and knowing one reason, in a real fundamental school, will they learn to love the Lord? He said, the teaching that I can give them around home. Now, here's a prophet. The teaching that I can give them around home, yet they get out with that worldly crowd. The devil is a shrewd fella, and he pushes that into them. Oh. To hear the word of God tonight. I pray the Holy Spirit would come into your room, come into your home, come into your address, dreaming that the brother has brothers have made possible. And I pray the power of God would come into your home, that he would break every yoke and every chain, every unbelief, any shackle that would cause nervousness and tension. Remember, Brother Branham said that's 
Satan. Then it gets on one member of the family. Then it gets on another member of the family. Let's women of faith, even children of faith. You can be a blessing in your family. Oh, and Brother Branham was talking about how that we can give teaching to our children at home. Yet they get out in the worldly crowd and the devil is a shrewd fella and he pushes that into them. You know, Satan, he pushes it into our face. He tells us we're nothing. He tells us that we don't have the Holy Ghost. He tells us that we're of no value. And tonight, the Holy Spirit, and I want to encourage you, you have a part in the family of God. We need you. You say, oh, you don't need that brother. You don't need that sister. Well, I haven't heard from that person for weeks now. No, let the Spirit of God bring an affection, bring a love. Friends, it's being lost in the world without even a natural affection. And it can creep right into us. Even in these last weeks, I begin to think of your families. I begin to think of you individually. Even tonight, as we were preparing, and how's Brother Frank doing? How is Brother Milko doing? How's our Brother Laycock doing? How's our Brother Alan King doing? And I just begin, my heart begin to think of the assembly. And as Brother Michael Ray looked out over the empty pews and there's not very many gathered in the church tonight, but it, no matter how positive we are and encouraging we are, there's just a sense of pain. There's just a strength in us tonight. I want to end this quote here. Brother Brenham's talking about our children and our families, specifically adolescent children and teenage children. If we can keep them under the spirit, until they get old enough to receive the Holy Ghost and know what it's all about, then God will take care of the rest of it. Oh, oh, tonight, let God take care of the rest of it. You say, but Brother John, this is going sideways, or I don't know what to do about that. If you can keep them under the Spirit until they get old enough to receive the Holy Ghost, and know what it's all about, then God will take care of the rest of it. What a prepared, rapturing family. I'd like to give a couple testimonies right now. I see that we're doing okay on time. I know that we've had a couple little issues, but you just keep being perseverant. Brother John's being perseverant. The Holy Spirit is working with us. The Holy Spirit loves us. I'm going to give you a testimony tonight of a 17-year-old young lady from South Africa. Her name is Naomi Wilson. And her father, Brother Eric, and her mother, and they have three young ladies in their family. And one young man, three young ladies. Beulah is 19. Naomi is 17. Angela is 14 years old, and Brother Eric and his family, because there's a real strong lockdown there in, in Africa, they're strong believers of the message. And I just heard this testimony last Monday morning. Because of all the stay-at-home orders and people are locked down, they, be, they were forced to be at their home. They begin streaming services. They begin streaming camp services, other meetings. They wanted an atmosphere for their children. 
They wanted an atmosphere. They they were stopped from going to church from regular meetings, but they wanted to bring that into their homes. So on May the 6th, that is one week ago, the Wednesday, this is the 13th of May, on May the 6th, they were streaming a service, streaming winter camp services. You might remember from 2016, Brother Cadre did. Why not now? Why not me? Why not now? And the presence of God that came in those camp meetings. This is four years ago, February 2016. And as the Wilson family was in their living room, and Naomi was 17 years old, sitting there on the couch, the began to be broken. She began to be weeping before the Lord. And God filled her with the Holy Ghost. God bless Sister Naomi. Pretty soon the whole family was in tears. And tonight, even though it's 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, their time, they're streaming, wanting their family to be in the right atmosphere. And I thank God that Sister Naomi, though it's four years ago, was able to reach into the archives, Brother Michael, Brother Marco, Sister Abigail, Sister Sharon, Brother Louise, Sister Grace, to the GA, Brother Joel, and to his wife, and to those that have labored, Sister Shanna, over the years to keep the right atmosphere. Little did you know, in the middle of this pandemic, there was going to be a young lady from Africa reach into the reservoir of God's presence and be filled with the Holy Ghost, sitting right in her living room. I pray the same Holy Ghost. The same presence of God would visit your bedrooms, visit your washrooms, visit your living rooms, visit your offices, visit your 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 cars. That Lord, you would begin to just be broken and weeping before the Lord. How great is our God that He is mindful of even Sister Naomi, a 17-year-old gathered in her room with her family. Praise be to God. I just want to give God praise. Now that was Monday morning. I was listening to that testimony as I was just taking a walk for exercise. Little did I know that Monday night, this is another testimony. And Sister Rosie Wallman, as we were just preparing for their wedding and for their uh, service that will be in just a few weeks from now. And as Brother Anthony, we were just for the first time in their little lovely home that they're moving into this week and preparing. The Frey family and the Woolman family, real strong believers, strong families, like pillars in our church. But now Brother Anthony began to give a testimony. This was after I heard Sister Naomi's testimony. And we were speaking to them, my wife and I now, in their living room, about when Brother Anthony gave his heart to the Lord. Sister Rosie's right there, and Brother Anthony begins to give his testimony. And it happened to be the very same winter camp. It happened to be the very camp of 2016, the very night before. 
when Brother Kadri spoke a message, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Here it is. On the same day, I'm hearing testimonies. And Brother Anthony had been away that day. And he came back into the meeting. You can stream that service. It's February 2016. Be not afraid. And there was a long prayer line. Brother Tom, you might remember this. And, and Brother Murphy. And Brother Kyle Morton. And Brother Diggs. We were all lined up on the platform praying for the young people. And praying for the counselors as they came up in their need. And Brother Andrew Anthony was not serving the Lord at that time. But and he was in the back of the fellowship hall, Brother Derek and Sister Debbie. The very camp that you have, have maintained, and Brother Matt, and you've been there, and you've given years of your life and your family, and here on the evening service, we're having a prayer line, and it was almost done. It was almost done. And Brother Jonathan Frey, he was there in the service saying, where is Anthony? Where is my brother? And it was that very night that Sister Kim Frey, the mother, had to stay at home with Caleb Frey that was running a high fever and a flu. And she was praying also, where is Anthony? Where is Anthony? And looking back, and, and Brother, jo Brother Jonathan gave me the testimony today that the voice of God spoke to him and said, go to your brother. Go to your brother. Not even knowing that Anthony was in the meeting and he turned and he saw him in the back of the room. And all the time Anthony was praying in his heart, Lord, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me. I don't know where I stand. But if you'll just cause my brother Jonathan to come to me and speak to me. And it was at that very moment. Jonathan turns looking for his brother and the voice of God said, go to your brother, not even knowing if he was in the service. And Anthony was praying, if my brother will come to me and he came to him and you can see it. I watched it today. I shared it with some of the believers. Brother Jonathan came with brother Anthony and he came up for prayer. And from that night, from that night, brother Anthony has never been the same. Little did he know within a year that Sister Rosie and himself would begin to have desires and affection for one another. That it was that very, this very day on Monday that he would be given this testimony. That in my heart, I was already thinking of Naomi. That it happened for her 2016 in their living room. It was a family listening to the word in their living room. God dealt with a young lady. Now it is in the evening time. Brother John and Sister Sharon are speaking to a young man that gave baby's heart to Christ in the very weekend, the night before. And I, I never told Brother Anthony. I didn't want to, you know, ruin the evening for him and Sister Rosie. But I thought, how great is our God? God is doing great things tonight. Can you rejoice with me, the Rivas family, the relatives and the, and the Frey family and the Woman family and all of our families that God is able to move in your family wherever you are tonight. Last Sunday morning, I woke up these things publicly, but Sunday morning I woke up with a dream. And a certain scriptures begin to come into my heart and I came 
to my study and as I begin to prepare, this was Mother's Day morning, I wrote notes and wrote the title on the top of a piece of paper. I was preparing for a devotion for our BCA children uh, yesterday for Tuesday morning. Something came down into my heart and I began to just share this with them about the coins in the cup. Coins in the cup. And I begin to speak to them about this cup. This cup is like your life. Now this is the demonstration. Maybe your children, maybe some person. This this cup is like your life. It's like my life. Without Christ. We can wave it around. We can do all kinds of things and actions. And it's so empty. There's no value to it. But you start putting coins into the cup. There's the coins. And start putting these coins and now that cup begins to move. The actions of that cup begin to move. Why? Because something of value, something that was valuable was put into that cup. But you take the coins out of the cup and there's no value. There's no noise. We can be moving and acting and talking, but without something of value, Without Jesus in our lives, we're just empty. We're just an empty cup. But you put Christ in. You start putting the word into the cup. These coins, then it becomes valuable. Oh, tonight, let those coins, let something. Let Jesus step into your life. Oh, you say that sounds juvenile, Brother John. It's so little. But as I thought on these things in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. And he began to speak about ye are the salt of the earth. In the next verse, Matthew 5, verse 14, Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But they put it on a candlestick and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Oh, friends, this is not the time to crawl into a cave and let your gifts and let your virtues just be just poured out before Satan's Eden. Just in a waste. Don't do that in your house. I'm thinking of Abraham in our opening scripture. For I know him. The Lord said, for I know him. I know him that he will command his family. I know Abraham that he will allow that atmosphere of that rapturing, that lifting up. Oh, friends, tonight, let the Holy Spirit bring the light. Ye are the light of the world. This is not the time to hide that little light. But this is time to let our light shine before men before women, that they might see your works, that they might see our lives and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. I also shared with the little children. Can everyone see this little cup? This is a, a cup here. I can turn it upside down. This, this is like your life. This is like my life. It's just, there's no value. You know, it's been kind of warm in the last week or so, kind of in the in the high temperatures, and you can be outside and be thirsty. Come inside and you can look for a cup and look for something that's joyful, something that's happy. 
You just want some fulfillment and our lives can be so empty sometimes. Say there's nothing in there. There's no virtues in there. There's no presence in there. But all you need is something of value. You come in from a warm day and you pour the something of value. The something of value. I've got some Powerade here and you begin to pour it in to this cup. Something of value. Now it makes it worth living. Now it's something that is valuable. And you begin to take a drink. It's something of value. Brother John, I'm happy. Oh, I think I'll let you have some of this. I can share it with you. Oh, yes. God bless you. Our lives can be so empty and void when we're just all alone in ourselves. But put Jesus, put something of value, put something that can really satisfy into the, into the lives of a person that is empty. And then in the hands of someone else, into the life of someone else, they can drink of that. Oh, tonight, let's give Jesus a fresh drink in our families. Let's give Jesus a fresh drink of our lives. He's so thirsty of this Laodicea life. He's so thirsty to see men and women that are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. This is a time to shine Cloverdale Bible way. To you that are connected even outside of our assembly or ever hear this service, you are the light of the world. Remember, I'm speaking to believers. Let the unbelievers mock us. Let the make-believers scoff us. But for the genuine believer, there's something in our souls that seeks to satisfy the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God as we just come down now toward the end of the service. I know this has been a little chopped up. Maybe a few things here and a few things there. I felt to give you testimony. I felt to speak to you. I even spoke to Brother Tom this in the last week. And I thought, oh, Brother Tom, Sister Joanne. I thought maybe you could pick up Brother Ed Biscoe, Sister Ruth. Bring them on down there to the border, to the park. They can drive up and down Zero Avenue and maybe some of us believers from the U.S. side could be in the park that's now open. We could come running out and we could wave. We could let them know that it's okay. We're okay, Brother Bisco. Sister Ruth, all is well. God has blessed your life. God has blessed your ministry. And to the church that we can't gather tonight all together, but we're gathered in the presence of God. But I feel like running up to the border, running up to each one of you, putting our arms around you and saying, everything's going to be okay. Sister, everything's going to be okay, brother. Young people, elder ones, God loves the body of Christ. And it just seems like in this time of chaos that God is bringing us closer. God is bringing us this bond that we have been trained for this. We have been trained to believe. We've been trained in all these years now of the message and adoption and the sons of God and daughters of God. Our families have been trained. We are time tested 
Christians, as Brother Branham spoke in the message, hear ye him. God is looking for time-tested Christians, men and women that have been God-tried and child-trained and tested. But when people jump from that and they go in and they go out, God is looking for a family that he can positionally place them. He can positionally place you as a son, as a daughter. But I wonder if we're standing still long enough when God is trying to get his children to just stand still long enough. Oh, tonight, Lord, we're standing in your presence just long enough, just with our families. Maybe some of our little babies have already gone to resting for the night. Maybe some are getting a little restless. But let's stand still long enough. That's what happened to Moses in the 80 years that he tried to have that church theology and he was next to be Pharaoh. He still didn't even know the living God, Brother Branham said. But one morning on the backside of the desert, an 80-year-old man with whiskers hanging down low, he seen a burning bush. Oh, Jesus. He seen a burning bush burning off to the side. And I heard a voice. Maybe a young lady tonight is hearing the voice of God. Maybe a young man, I was thinking, just before coming online, what if it's a little girl? What if it's a little boy? What if it's one of the believers is about ready to just break? And the Holy Spirit is going to take the service and let them know that all is well. He's got everything under his control. And Moses saw a burning bush. And he heard the voice of God speaking to him. God had to quieten him for 40 years so that he could speak to him. You know, and he goes on to talk about how that we we can't even hardly stay quiet for 10 minutes. Oh, that smote me today as I was just on my knees in prayer. And I, 10 minutes, Lord. Some of us struggle just for 10 minutes so that God can speak to us with all the rumble and bumble that we have of our days and our cell phones and our devices and our schedules and appointments and online school and the children and our jobs and and the church and we can get so many national things that are coming flowing into our little lives brother Branham called it rumble and bumble voices of the day but Moses after 40 years he just stood there and in the presence of the burning bush that voice began to call to him and brother Branham said minutes after that then all the 80 years of training had taught him oh so we realize it's not all the teaching it's not all the training though that's good all the years of preparation but it's those sacred moments it's the five minutes it's just those moments that will make you a different man a different woman a different young person if you just stand still long enough to hear his voice. Oh, Brother Michael, 
It so moved in my heart last Wednesday as you were able to go down and be the first one at the altar. I wish I could do that tonight. But it's like the same presence came into this room that was there last Wednesday. What house are you building? What family are you building? What's happening to our families? What are our young people going through? What are our young adults facing? What are the elder ones God is interested? God knows all those strains. And I begin to think now as we close all the years of preparation, all the laying in there, all the times that we have been taught and trained. But now is the time for us to take our ranks. Now is the time after we've been trained for so long. So long we've had meetings. So long we've had services. And I, how many of our ministers of labor, how many of our songs, Sister Natasha, Brother Mike, to the Florent family, to the you that have blessed us, Brother Wilson, and to the Wong family with your specials. How many songs have we heard? Brother Ryan Hayes, how many songs have God given you to bless us? And all the years of training and all the time. But now it is the time for us to take our ranks. Now it is the time for our families in our preparation in this rapturing moment. It's a catching away. I encourage you. This is not the time to slacken off. This is not the time to let things go. This is the time now. These are the moments globally. That God has prepared us for such a time as this. It's time now to walk in our training. It's time to manifest the word. It's time. Oh, I was thinking in just a few minutes after the songs are played and after the screen goes black. And thank you for coming and God bless you. We're going to go back to our home life. Back to our schedules. Back to where we're not connected like this. Back to where you might feel like it's you and you're facing adversity. God bless your families. God bless your marriages. God bless your children. God bless all of you. You're believers. And we're groaning tonight. The selected bride is groaning. But I felt to say to you before I turn it back to Brother Michael... As our musicians come now, as our lovely musicians that are blessed of God to bring this atmosphere in closing. We have been trained long enough. We've been in training long enough. It's time now for the demonstration, for God to manifest it. It's time to put it on display. We've heard the message. We've been in great meetings. We've been taught right. But now is the time when Satan would try to punch you out of the ring, try to hit you out of the ring, but you've been studying that. You've been watching that. And maybe you've been knocked out of the ring. Maybe Satan's got you and you feel like, oh, all the blood is rushing to that spot. I'm encouraging you tonight. Get back up in the ring. Stand right up, young lady, young man, father, mother. Maybe you feel like you've been a failure as a in your family. Maybe things you just feel like are, maybe you're a strong family. But in these times, we begin to look. 
with eagle eyes, we begin to gather our senses. What is God doing for the families? How are the families doing? I want to encourage you, get back up in the ring. Get back up now as we appreciate these times, as we value the training, as we value the atmosphere, as we value our young men coming and giving their hearts to the Lord, as we value our young ladies, the Holy Spirit dropping down and then beginning to weep and surrender as a daddy begins to think about now tonight and tomorrow, as a mother begins to plan and and, and things come into your heart. I just want to bless you tonight and ask the Holy Spirit now to take these few words. You've been prepared. We're in the season of this catching, catching away. Many of you have been in prayer and burden and God's answering every prayer. God's trained you now for the front lines. God's brought us through these moments. You're, and, and sometimes it's in the stillness and the quietness of just nature. You begin to sense the strength. Oh, it begins to come upon you past our education, past my failures, past my misery now. God's moving us into a supernatural realm where he can trust us, where he can anoint us, where he can send you out, where you'll be fearless. Where you now take this word, Brother Silas. Take this word. Take this message. You young ladies that have heard this for over the years. Now's your time to shake off those spirits that are trying to drive you into the ground. Now it's time to rise in the beauty of holiness. Say, God, take our lives. Take me, Lord. Take our families. Give us courage. Oh, Father, we're building up our homes now. We're building up the church. We just feel like raising our hands. We feel like falling on our knees. We feel like just surrendering. We just feel like rededicating ourselves. Oh, the preparations have been made. Receive us, Father. Receive us, Lord. Bring us into your presence. Bring us into this change. Bring us into this resurrection. Bring us into this spirit of love. Bring us into this harmony. Bring this oneness down into the family of God. God bless you tonight. Maybe you'd like to stand. Maybe you'd like to lift up your head and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There's needs. There's ones on my heart. Oh, maybe someone is crying out right now. God, drop. give me feeling again. Give me hope again. Give me your presence again. And I pray the atmosphere of his presence would just funnel right down into your address. Just come right to your heart now. Thank you, Jesus. Fill our cups, Lord. Fill our lives, Lord. Take us, Jesus. Take us, Brother Michael, now. Close out the service. God bless you. Amen. Let's just sing. I bless your name while we just linger in that atmosphere. Amen. You can continue to praise. You can continue to worship. We'll just sing here now. I bless your name. I bless your name. I bless your name. 
persevere amen say maybe you've been trying to trying to block what god has been maybe was trying to say to you tonight but we just went up in that little in the little room upstairs and said no, we're going to press through we're going to press through and we keep this satan you ain't going to get the glory tonight you're not going to win with trying to inhibit and interrupt what god's trying to say and brother john i i I, I just so appreciate you just pressing through and just what Lord has put on your heart. I just wrote down when you were speaking. I, I just want to bring you back to Brother John's title, Prepared Rapturing Family. And we, we are in a day where there's people that are so, uh, so enthralled with prepping. They prepare to the umpteenth degree. They've got storage and they've got sea cans and they've got ammunitions and they've got everything because they're preparing for something ahead of them. They're preparing for really a world that's going to be full of destruction and they're preparing themselves for that. I thought, my, what, what a, what a uh, contradiction, what a dichotomy between them that are preparing in such a great way. But how, what are we preparing for? We're preparing for something different. Brother John is pointing us to, we're preparing for rapture. I thought, you know, we had, there's the wise and foolish virgins. And all they had to prepare, they had one thing. They had one thing to prepare for, and they needed to have oil. The wise virgins, that's all they needed was oil. That's all that was required of them. And you know, I'm sure the other foolish virgins, they had lots of other things, but they lacked one thing. They lacked the oil that was going to bring in their lamps and be ready for when the bridegroom cometh. And they didn't have it. And so, Brother John, if you can see the Lord is urging us through the course of the services and night saying, what are you preparing for? What are you building last week? What are you preparing with your family right now so that you don't, you're not just worrying about the things of this world, but what value have you put in your life as you put the coins in the cup and as you put the drink in the cup? What are you putting in your life? What value and what oil? Have, have you, do you have the oil? 
That's where the value lies in this world. Forget about everything else. But let's make sure that we have what is of value. What God has said, this is what you need. You need Christ. You need me. You need the oil in your life. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother John. I appreciate those testimonies. Those are families that have prepared. The Frey family, they've prepared. They've been putting in preparations. And when God then stepped on the scene, he then did a mighty work. That didn't just happen overnight. That's because a family was burdened. That's because a family laid before God. That's because mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers are there preparing. Lord, do something. And they put that time in. And then when God wants to step on the scene at his time, the work is done. Amen. Amen. We're preparing for one thing. We're preparing for rapture. I've, I've wanted to sing a, sing a little song. God too is preparing. We were just talking about that a little bit ago. You know what? God's had all this time. He's been preparing something for us as well. He's saying, you prepare. You be ready because I'm preparing as well. And he's preparing a place for us. And I've wanted to sing. It's just a little song as we sweetly look to close here. And we just keep these on our mind as we keep you know, heaven on our head. I've got heaven on my mind. I want to sing, look for me. Look for me. I, I just love the song, and, and we're apart, and we're we're not together, and we're just being focused here, preparing a family, prepared for rapture. We're a family. We're all a family. Our our body here, and we're preparing, indeed, but our John, for that day that we can just step into eternity, and we're going to gather our little family around us, our family around us, and we're going to step across, and we say, look, and I want to sing, look for me. Amen. We may not see each other here. So if it's on the other side, you look for me because we haven't seen you for a little while. Amen. So let's just sing that together as we just look to close and we just imagine one day this is what's going to happen. Amen. Amen. Let's sing the verse. You got the verses there. Oh, when you make your final entrance to that city. Of jasper walls and bright golden avenue. Hey Amen. Just close your eyes and sing now. As you behold all its beauty and its splendor, remember there's just one request I made.
that wants to hear just how you finally made it through. Oh, then look for me, for I will be there too. Oh, I realize when you arrive, there'll be so much there. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, it's just becoming closer and closer and closer, Lord. Heaven is just so real to us, Lord. Lord, our love for you, Lord, is just growing. It's, Lord, we desire, Lord, to be home. We desire to be with you, Lord. Our, we're longing, longing to be with Jesus, Lord. Lord, and as you just continue, Lord, over these services, Lord, we don't take these Wednesday night services with our families for granted, Lord. Lord, and you're just prodding us and you're just moving us, Lord, saying, prepare, get yourself ready. Do you have oil in your lamp? What are you putting your time in? Lord, it's just urging, Lord. May, Lord, a heart that's pricked, a soul that's pricked, Lord, may they just take that, Lord, and say, oh, that's Jesus speaking to me. Set the things of this world aside, Lord. Lord, just be able to get where Brother Anthony Frey was, Lord, in his service one night when you spoke to him, Lord, and he, he moved. He made a motion, Lord. He got up, Lord. And Lord, he made, Lord, that step towards you. Lord, if there's just one tonight, may they make that step towards you, Lord. Lord, they would indeed have the oil in their lamp prepared and ready, Lord, for your great coming. Lord, we bless the people as they've listened tonight, Lord, and been strengthened tonight with your word. May, Lord, you go with each one. Lord, through this midweek, going to work tomorrow, have their duties. But, Lord, we look to you, Lord. We look to that day, Lord. And Lord, we'll be all together again. Commit, Lord, the rest of the week. Lord, in our and the people, Lord, into your care. Keep your hand about them, Lord. Keep your eyes on them, Lord. Lord, I love that scripture, Lord. You knew Abraham, Lord. I know him. Lord, you knew Abraham, Lord. And you know each one, Lord. You know your little children, Lord. You know your eyes, not, Lord's on the sparrow, and it's on one and each and every one of your children. May you draw near them, Lord. May they know this. Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Lord willing, we'll see you on Sunday with our lamps trimmed and burning. Have a wonderful time. Well, God bless you. You're all dismissed.